I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I would be the first to say that I don't have anywhere close to figured out about animals or my own journey on this planet this time around. The latter being especially true because the former, the animals, are much more forthcoming when they feel it's necessary. And funny how that works because for me, it also appears to be closely tied to where my own journey is headed. One of my colleagues recently referred to it as a leveling up, as in a video game platform or new kind of operating system upgrade. At least that's what my frame of reference was when that was shared with me. And I think in these times, especially in between the two lunar eclipses, the Earth herself rapidly evolving and all else that's going on, your perception of your own life path may appear to be shifting at the very least. And maybe even wildly swinging from pole to pole so that you aren't even sure what's reality anymore. The really wonderful thing is that we've all got every other species on the planet with whom we can lean on for support because their own point of view is so deeply tied to the planet that they shift when she shifts. So it's not unlike a boat or a ship, I guess. When the wave moves, so does the boat, and you can choose to sway along with that, knowing that coming back to center, even in turbulent seas, is a given at some point. We just have to let go. Ah, is that all you might be saying? The leveling up I'm experiencing has to do more with animals in the wild in coordination with the Animal Ambassador Program I'm co-creating with the universe. It is a continual revelation to me, this world of animals. And I still hold close the memories of the first animal in the wild, as well as the first domestic animals in the shelter where I volunteered who shared their voices and hearts with me. And from time to time, I've been moved to tears, I don't mind admitting, by the staggering complexity of their thoughts and the Grand Canyon deep, unconditional love for their human guardians and animal siblings. There is a distinct difference between domestic animals and animals in the wild, energetically that is, because the former has the imprint, if you will, of human energy on their own energetic fingerprints. Not so with animals in the wild. 
And so it was lately, I was caught unawares, once again, and you think that I would have gotten used to it by now by buying numerous proverbial clues from Vanna, that when I set intention to connect with them either out loud or silently, and that is clear enough to them, they'll show up in a huge way. The funny way that this showed up lately, because it's happened on occasion that I've shared before, is that when I was talking with participants in the Animal Ambassador Program about how to create, set, and hold intention during a journey. A journey is familiar to traditions of shamanism, a bit like meditation, only much more interactive, kind of like it's on steroids, because one is traveling to different dimensions and connecting with different landscape settings, if you will, into which beings of all kinds can choose to enter and have a chat with you. The purpose, of course, being to share their wisdom from their point of view about what you're wanting to know, thus the important Thus, the importance of a clear intention, intention being everything. And so it was that I used an example of an animal. I think it was for the element of water, just at random. And then again, nothing is really ever at random with animals, as I've learned and continue to learn. As soon as I finished talking about that animal and corresponding intention, another animal came in and wanted to be represented. Curiously enough, this wasn't another animal that lives in water. It was an animal of the earth, if I remember correctly, because they somehow knew and would likely have known as partners in this program that the participants had been interacting with animals of each element, and so naturally, earth came next. I think that one was fox. So shortly after we finished with fox, we were all truly laughing by this point in time, eagle came in. I protested only just a little bit because, after all, who says no to eagle? All of these more fluid connections are new, and it definitely feels like a leveling up to me, as if it's possible for humans to have a commonplace, if you will, relationship with animals who are more than happy to guide and mentor us on our paths, as we are also meant to be stewards and guardians on theirs. Although, as I've said before, My sense of their fathoms deep innate wisdom is something that our amnesia has blocked out in our awareness to a certain extent, and of which we perceive we can attain, and to date, to be perfectly clear, we haven't. We've also managed to copy and borrow heavily from their experience. And I'm becoming more certain that this is because we're meant to learn from them, not dominate or control them. We're, we're meant to be in balance and partnership with them, as they are with all other species, including the dance of predator and prey, which we reject, making them instead outcast from the very duality of earth that exists. More and more, I'm leaning in towards their center of energy and finding my place in their world. As background for this podcast, I had been doing some research, yet again, always more research for the book that's slowly coming to completion about the world of energy, soul, and animals. Not such odd fellows as they might seem to some humans. The research was about the global efforts at conservation that was part of the recent COP Council of Parties Summit that was held in Scotland. Current research suggests the previous goals set 
from 2011 to 2020 were abysmally low, and even increasing them three times over would not reach the current goals. These goals would need to be increased five times over if humans are even to begin to make an impact on maintaining viable ecosystems for certain species and thus avoid collapse of our own economic systems upon whose viability depend on these ecosystems. Note that humans usually have to figure in there somewhere with our own needs somehow being attached to those ecosystems, even with ventures into green energy, which are still having an adverse impact on the planet, i.e. the cobalt mining in Africa. So with these thoughts in mind, I then noticed an article in the newspaper about Elephant that was written by the New York Times. The gist was that because of the ivory poaching over so many years, Elephant is evolving to be without tusks, tuskless. And those whose bodies don't have the gene to create tusks is also responsible for killing the male elephants in the herd, the cause of that to be determined and suspected to be linked genetically by the researchers, meaning that the male elephants born are not likely to live. I'll put a link in the podcast notes to the article. The issue with no tusks, of course, for elephant is that this is a major tool that they use to strip bark from trees, dig in the ground for water, and all other things, including defense, for which their tusks are used. Not only that, elephant is a keystone species, meaning that they are among a handful of species who are vital to creating a sustaining ecosystem for many other species by their movements, by their digging in the soil. Other species depend upon their tusks to maintain overall balance and partnership. A few days later, an article about wolf was present. This was about the gray wolves, in particular, being pulled off the endangered list by the former administration and about the conflict between human ranchers and those who still see gray wolves as needing protection by the federal government. Hunts for gray wolves are now being organized in several states across the U.S. via an alleged backdoor approach that stated, because gray wolves aren't recognized as an air quotes species per se, they do not qualify for protection by the government. This sounds suspiciously like a fine splitting of hairs to me and to Wolf as well, I might add. Quotas for the murder of gray wolves was surpassed in just four days in one state and in another state were lowered because it can so quickly get out of hand by humans who choose to take matters into their own hands and kill another what they perceive to be apex predator, one who is also a keystone species. There was a marvelous video, and if you were to Google wolf and tropic cascade, you would come up with this video that was all about when wolf vanished from Yellowstone Park, streams overran their boundaries because deer whose members were prey to wolves, were overeating the vegetation that keeps the streams in check. 
Add to that the vegetation was destroyed as well that sustained other species, including likely beaver, were also affected. And so finally enter beaver a few days later, and also surprisingly perhaps another keystone species. Our neighbors to the north in Canada, despite having declared beaver to be an emblem of Canada in 1975 and, which I perceive remains unchanged, are now waging a war of sorts, as, as they are wont to do in Canada, <laughs> on beaver. The reason being that quite simply the beaver dams can wreak havoc on areas of land owned by humans, even though this is what occurs naturally for beaver. They and their dams simply get in the way of human development and farming. Beaver has of late moved to chomping through a fiber optic cable, resulting in an internet outage in a town in British Columbia. Fence posts were stolen from a yard, and to be honest, This all reads to me that beaver is not having the kind of natural resources available to them that allow them to carry out their natural lives. And to be clear, beaver is responsible for maintaining ecosystems of wetlands and ponds, just as wolf and elephant are in their environments. Where humans see a nuisance rodent with whom they have a love-hate relationship, the rest of the species who depend upon beaver for their very survival see a partner in balance. Not unlike the worldwide conservation efforts being set by the Convention on Biological Diversity that seem to continually fall behind what is actually needed by the planet herself, Humans seem intent on directly attacking those very species on whose literal backs our own livelihood and survival depends. The question remains, why? Which is definitely more than the original $64,000 question. I'd say it's priceless at this point. Because what are we without them? Is it really possible for the human species to evolve to a place where we can embrace our own role, absent some lagging, never-to-be-attained goals in being effective stewards and guardians? Animals say that we will, because they are not ever without hope. And lest you find yourself depressed by this podcast that may lack in any good news, The animals and I offer this. It only takes one at a time to join with them in their place of energy for our amnesia to start to be cleared. It only takes one heart and one soul to become one with them in their world. We're the outsiders after all, not them. To see how the balance can be reset and how to go about doing just that. The action always follows the intention, which must be clear, direct, and offered with no agenda. The animals would encourage something like, share with me how to be one with you in energy, and then let everything come in that supports that intention. You may be surprised, and then again, it may answer and match with a deep, resounding place in you that you knew existed at one point in time 
and is maybe being reactivated. And then again, it might feel like this is a brand new birth for you. Take it slow. Talk to others, if you like, who are of similar heart and soul. And watch how the energy grows from there. Nothing is impossible when joined in energy. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs, where the upcoming psychic fair will be held on Saturday, December the 4th. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.